Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 7. The writer in verse 25 has said that because Christ is a priest forever and continues forever, he is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, Christ is a person who can help us. I'll go with the eternal priest because I know he's not a short-term priest. He's in the eternal life business. This reminds me of the story of the new Lutheran minister who went about calling on his members. And he rapped on the first door, and the woman said, Are you from the life insurance company? And he said, No, I'm your new pastor. Well, he talked with her, and after leaving... He reconsidered what Christ had accomplished and the good news of the gospel of grace, and he decided that believers are in the life insurance business indeed. Yes, that's what he was doing. Now, if Christ were not a victor over death, and if he does not live forever, and if he is still in the tomb, and if he did not rise, then he can't save me or anyone else. A Savior ought to first save himself from death. Jesus did that. And because of it, he can save me to the fullest, or the completeness required by God. Christ is able to save. Other priests were not able. The other priests may have been willing to save, but they were not able. Now, we ought to spread the message to the world. Christ alone is able to save, and he is also willing to save. You don't need church membership, good works, or rituals to be saved, but you must come to the priest who gave himself for us. Now, how is he able to save? Because he lives to make intercession. For whom? For those who come to God through him. Through anyone else, none other is mentioned. Does he make intercession for those who live without sin? Well, in the first place, there aren't any people who live without sin. And secondly, if there were, they wouldn't need an intercessor. The fact that he intercedes implies the failure of believers and the accusation of the devil. The mediator now must be able to represent both parties, both man and God, and be able to reach one on behalf of the other. Now, if he can't reach God for me, he fails as a mediator. If he takes you up to ten feet from heaven, that's not good enough. You can't jump that important ten feet. He must go low enough to reach man and high enough to reach God. A mediator is not sufficient. He must be my personal mediator. Now, there are attorneys in courtrooms, but they can't do anything for me or for you. Only your attorney can represent you. It's my own attorney who I can trust to represent me. Likewise, the mediator between God and man must become my mediator and your mediator. And how do we do that? Through faith, by believing that he is the one God appointed. Man's problem is sin, and the mediator must come down to that level while Christ did it. 
He took my sin on himself. He took the sinner's place. He became my substitute. Then he went to the cross and paid for it. Then he ascended to God to mediate my salvation with the Father. He, like the high priest of the Old Testament who went into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the atonement sacrifice, went into the presence of God with his own blood. His blood represented his life, and he purchased my salvation with his life. Now, someone might ask the question, how long will he intercede? And intercede means to plead on behalf of another. Well, how long will he do that? As long as he lives. And how long is that? Forever. If he then will intercede forever for me, I must be secure. Oh, indeed, you are secure if you are trusting in him alone. Does he intercede for those who deserve such attention? No, he pleads for the sinners he saved. His intercession is as gracious as his salvation. And every time you sin, every time you fail or fall, he intercedes. That's security. And that's comforting. Only if the risen Christ dies is your security endangered. But Christ lives forever because he's God the Son. So you see, salvation is guaranteed by his intercession as well as by the promise supported by God's oath. Now, why all this talk about living the Christian life that so many people refer to? Salvation depends on him living, not you living a certain way. Romans 8.33 says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. What does justify mean? To declare right forever. And Romans 8 continues, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. That's Romans 8:34. I'm not worthy of an intercessor. I'll never be worthy in the future to have an intercessor. But Christ volunteered to be my intercessor, and he is the priest appointed by God to intercede for me. So whether I'm worthy or not is not the question, and the Bible never considers my worthiness in this matter. Now, what accusations are brought against us as believers? Well, I can see the evil one condemning us and accusing us by saying, those people that you saved keep on sinning, or they aren't sorry about their failures, or they don't live like they should live. Or, Christ didn't pay for all this sin. He might also accuse us because we're not faithful. Or, we don't give enough to the church or to the poor. Or, we don't pray enough. Now, friends, he doesn't intercede here for our salvation. The Bible says he intercedes for those who come to God through him. And it says it after we draw near to God through him. 
Then he intercedes for those who have believed. Now, the point is this. Our salvation is finished, it's purchased, and it's complete. He need not intercede with God to save us because God has already made a promise and God won't change his mind about that. Jesus Christ, our priest, pleads for our fellowship and our blessings and he's interceding because there is an evil one, the accuser of the brethren, who is trying to destroy and discourage Now, in this chapter, as well as some other chapters, the writer to the Hebrews has been comparing Christ with the Aaronic priesthood. You might say he's doing a little more than that. He is talking like the Sears catalog. It lists items in the catalog that are good, then others that are better, and then those that are best. Now, the priests of the Old Testament were good. But then there was a better priest the Old Testament talked about. That was Melchizedek. He was better. But the best priest is Jesus Christ. Now, I'd like to compare Jesus Christ, who's in the order of Melchizedek, with the priests of the Old Testament who were in the order of Aaron. The Aaronic priests, They were temporary, and they died. We read about that in chapter 7, verse 23. But Christ is an eternal priest. He lives forever. The Aaronic priests were temporary. The law ended, and their priesthood ended. But the new priest, Jesus Christ, is unchangeable. He's a new and living way, and he is forever, not temporary. The priests of old made continual sacrifices in contrast to Christ who made only one sacrifice, and it was enough. The Aaronic priests could not perfect anybody, but Hebrews 10.14 tells us that Christ perfected us forever. The Aaronic priests could not bring a person near to God, but Jesus Christ does bring us near to God. The Old Testament priest could not bring a clearing of the conscience, but Hebrews 10.22 tells us that Christ does clear the conscience. The Old Testament sacrifices only covered sin, but the New Covenant, based on the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, takes away sin. It doesn't cover it. If it just covered, it would stay there and would have to be dealt with sometime. Jesus Christ takes away sin. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, the priests in the Old Testament were not established by an oath, but the priesthood of Christ was established by an oath. We've seen all this in chapter 7. The Old Testament priests served with the veil as a barrier, but Jesus Christ has gone within the veil. The Old Testament priests were from the tribe of Levi, and their priesthood was based on genealogy. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, and his priesthood is based on character. The priests of old were priests and only priests, but Christ is a priest and a king. 
He's not ruling yet, but he will. That's the promise of God. The priests of old were sinners. The new priest, Jesus Christ, is sinless. The priests of old continued to serve while they were standing, but Jesus Christ, when he offered himself, sat down. They sacrificed animals in the Old Testament, but Christ sacrificed himself. The Aaronic priest served in a tabernacle on earth, but Jesus Christ, our priest, serves in the holy place in heaven. Now, the Aaronic priest served according to a carnal commandment, but Christ serves on the basis of an endless eternal life. What a priest the Christian has. A priest who makes intercession for us. A priest who gave himself for us. He is worthy of our praise forever. Did you know that most people believe that salvation is only for good people and bad people go to hell? The Bible teaches something different, however. While we have been led to believe that good works will help us to get to heaven, the Bible says, But to him who works not but believes him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Salvation by grace through faith is explained thoroughly in our booklet entitled Heaven's Password, and it's free. Ask for Heaven's Password. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 149 one six Baton Rouge, Louisiana, seven oh eight nine eight. The website is rbcword.org.